What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the hardest part of the ring. Back at you for another Apron Bump podcast. And boy, howdy, do I got some thoughts on SummerSlam. Boy, howdy, do I got some thoughts on NXT TakeOver 30. Uh, Both big shows that happened this past weekend. And um, a lot of big things happened on those shows, both those shows. A lot of things that are going to shake up a lot of the storylines, a lot of the characters, a lot of the rosters. A big, big shake up as a result of those two shows. So there's a lot of stuff to get into. And I have a very special guest today joining me reviewing those shows. Burying Smarks. You can find him on Instagram at Burying Smarks underscore. Uh, he also has a podcast uh, named Burying the Smarks. You can find a link to that podcast on his Instagram page. And I'll put that all in the description of the podcast. So a really good follow. I think he was probably one of the first wrestling Instagram pages that I followed, to be honest. If you're a big AEW stan, I do not recommend just for your mental health. I don't recommend you follow him, but fucking do anyways. You know what? It's okay to get criticized, but it's whatever. But yeah, I highly recommend if you have an Instagram that you give this guy a follow. Super funny dude, smart dude. And I think you'll be able to see that as you listen to this episode. So really good time just talking shit about wrestling, current day wrestling, which a lot of, a lot of silly shit happening nowadays. So there's a lot of stuff to laugh about. So without any further ado, let's just dive right into it. Here is Burying Smarks and myself reviewing NXT TakeOver 30 in SummerSlam 2020. So yeah, man, we might as well just dive into TakeOver. Uh, start with that. So, uh, yeah, the Finn and Thatcher match. Um, I wouldn't say it's. You said you missed it. I wouldn't say it's, it's really worth going out of your way to to check out. It was a solid match. All right. Um, it was good for like an opening match. Um, and ultimately, Finn got the win here. I guess really just a match pairing two guys that are kind of towards the top of the division there, but don't really have a storyline as of this point. But I mean, we'll get to it later. But from what I hear, it sounds like Karrion Cross got injured um, yeah. in his match. And obviously, Keith Lee's on Raw now. So the world title pitcher could be wide open. And I guess Finn and Thatcher could both be guys. You have Cross has still dropped the belt for his injury. You probably see one of those guys taking it. Um, I mean, is there anyone else in NXT that you really have your eye on as far as like a future world champion? Uh, I like, uh, man, um, I, I mean, he's not a world champ yet, but I guess it, it counts, right? The Ameri- um, North American title. Yeah. Well, for Damian Priest, I kind of like Damian Priest a lot. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, I mean, Gargano has been there, but I would like to see him hold the title again. Yeah. Kind of like a heel. Yeah. Different, not different alignment. Yeah. 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 Instead of him. um. Chase, who, who did he def- who did he defeat before? Was it Gargano? Uh, yeah, um, for the for his first title one, Adam Cole. Yes, and he was a babyface in that, right? Right, Gargano uh, yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would like to see him do it now with the roles reversed, as him being the heel and whoever has the title being the babyface. You know, I, think I like that. that. Yeah, yeah, it worked out pretty cool. Yeah, especially because it seems like Gargano's a, a forever NXT guy. 
Yeah. So I think that really adds to his longevity there and give him something fresh to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, bring somebody fresh for him to face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think after that, so did you catch the ladder match? The ladder match, uh, the North American title one. Yeah, that was that was that was cool, man. I, I really like that match. Yeah, dude, that was awesome because I feel like a lot of modern ladder matches are just like spot fests. Yeah, like if you, I don't know if you saw the. Uh, I bring this up all the time, but the Lucha Bros Young Bucks ladder match. Oh from, yeah, uh, was it all in? I think, yeah, it was one of those pay-per-views, but that's like the one I, I point to all the time because it was just so like, it was just spots for the sake of spots. You know what I mean? And like nobody was climbing the ladder to grab the titles. You know, it was just like, hey, who can do the most crazy Canadian destroyer? But um, but this match right here on TakeOver, I felt was really, um, the storytelling was really good. I felt like every guy was trying to climb the ladder and actually grab the title at one point or another. And yeah, you had that, those car crash moments, but I feel like ultimately the storytelling was there with all five guys. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I feel the same way with it. Uh, it wasn't, it was a, you know, they had, like you said, like, you know, like the spot fest and stuff, but it was done. It wasn't overly done. And they showed, mm-hmm. like they actually showed the, um, the storytelling as far as the guys climbing the ladder and trying to reach the case instead of just, rolling over like every spot at the spot at the spot and just going straight to a winner. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I felt like Damien Priest was the right one, the right choice, you know, to win that match. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I loved how the end of this match, like every guy had their opportunity to climb the ladder and grab the belt, but they all got thrown off in some way or another. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Damien Priest, obviously I, th- I think he deserved this North American title. And I, Agree with you. I think he's a future world champion, both in NXT and on the main roster. Too. Apps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. He's got the look. Yeah, he's got that voice, too, man. If I, if I could have any voice, it'd probably be Damian Priest's voice. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, good ladder match there. Uh, really well done and definitely a fun watch. Um, but after that, we had Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. This is a match I feel like most people were tuning in to see just to see just because of the unknown and how to see how Pat McAfee fares in an actual wrestling match. And I think it's pretty much unanimous online. I feel like he blew everybody's expectations out of the water because, yep. you know, I mean, everyone knows, I mean, he's a, he's a f- former football player. He has that innate athleticism. I don't think anybody ever doubted that, but it like his, his selling was good. His punches were good. Um, you know, it was like a real wrestling match. It wasn't just like an attraction match. Yeah. He seemed like he belonged there. It wasn't like, it was like Adam Cole featuring Pat. It was more like, it was like a wrestling match between the both of them. And Pat yeah. showed like he belonged there. And it was pretty dope. Um, I think it, I think people just tuned in to see how bad it was going to be and how much Adam Cole was going to get credit for carrying the match. But I think Pat blew all expectations that whoever trained him did a hell of a job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they probably ran through this match a bunch of times. But either way, when you're working in front of a crowd, even, you know, a small crowd like they're doing now, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. And um, I think they did a good job of keeping, you know, like I said, his selling was good. He made sure to keep the storytelling intact and not just memorize spots, even though some of the spots he did were insane. Like the when he did a backflip off the top rope and then just effortlessly jumped up to the top rope again to hit a superplex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was probably the craziest spot of the whole night, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But Adam Cole gets the win here, as I think a lot of people expected. But yeah, I don't know if Pat has any like desire to keep wrestling or um, whatever he does. I feel like I mentioned this before, but I feel like if he really dedicated himself, if he, if he really wanted to go all in with wrestling, I feel like he could be because he already has the, he's, a, he's a great shit talker already. Yeah, and I, that's a skill that you don't find that often, at least as well as he does. And then it just you know smooths some of the edges a little bit on his uh, wrestling. I feel like it could be a. Uh, I feel like his ceiling's limitless. Yeah, um, I, I I was I saw a clip on Twitter where he was discussing how he actually surprised himself at how well he did, and yeah. everybody was hitting him up asking him like, "Yo, when's when's the next match?" And he, I think he's not too sure about it, but because he says he has a lot of other things going on right now, but he goes, "The moment that he has free time, he'll step back in the ring." That's what yeah. I kind of got from the clip that I saw. But he he was he was satisfied with his performance and. He said he got a lot of credit from a lot of guys in the back and a lot of producers were really impressed with him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him either back as like a, you know, not like a, a full-time schedule, but more like a one-off every couple months, you know, depending yeah. on depending on the match. No, yeah, for sure. Even if he just wanted to be like a manager or something. I mean, I, he's that good on the mic where I think he could elevate anybody. Yeah, it would have to be somebody that would really can really use him because – you know, a lot of guys at NXT, they, you know, they don't really need like a promo guy. So it would have to be somebody that it would have to be somebody that can benefit from having Pat as a as a manager. You know, yeah, somebody somebody that can do good in the ring. Yeah, doesn't really have anything beyond that. I'm trying to think, I can't really think of anybody at NXT right now. Maybe like a Bronson Reed or somebody. I don't know. I'm sure there's a bunch of guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really good match there. Adam Cole gets the win. Uh, do you think Undisputed Era is going to move up to the main roster anytime soon? I don't think so, man, and I, and I and I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. It's just, it's just. I mean, with this whole COVID thing, like it doesn't seem as crowded anymore on the shows because now, like, there's kind of different faces that were on both shows that weren't on last year, and, yeah. and you know, it's like a fresh set of faces. And I feel like they should just stay in NXT. You know, I just don't want them to hit a brick wall like Gargano is. Because Gargano is on face almost everybody in NXT. So it's mm-hmm. I don't want him to just kind of get bored. So they would have to, like, kind of, like, move people around or bring up new call-ups to where it's, like, it's still fresh, but it's still, like, NXT, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. And I think kind of similar to, to Gargano, it seems like Adam Cole was working more of a baby face in this program, at least yeah. kind of leaning towards it. So I feel like even just a shift in that direction could open up a, a ton of possibilities for him and the other guys. Yeah. You know, you can go anywhere with it. You can split them up. You can have them turn on Adam. You can have Adam turn on the other guys. Mm. So it's, 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 it's a lot of possibilities, but I think they should keep them together as a stable. I just don't know how they'll be able to pull that off and keep things fresh. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I think, you know, particularly I'm a big Kyle O'Reilly fan. And I know, you know, in ROH, they already did, you know, the Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole thing. But I feel like on a, on a WWE stage, I feel like something like that could be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they got to save their matches from when the crowd returns because a lot of matches have been great, but they're, they're missing that crowd reaction. They're missing that crowd, you know, the energy from the crowd. So I hope yeah. they save some of these matches from when, you know, they can actually bring in fans into the arena. 
because you know they deserve that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Even you know, Thunderdome and all that, but I feel like even <laughs> that are hardly even counts in my yeah. opinion. But we'll we can get more into that when we get to SummerSlam. Yep. Um, but yeah, after that match, we have Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, it was a pretty solid match. I wouldn't say it's you know anything that blew me away. Um, but it was definitely good for the time they were given. Um, Dakota Kai is someone who I feel is very underutilized. I, I think this is her first title match on a takeover, and she's been there since damn near the beginning. So I was really happy for her to get the spotlight here. And Io Shirai is Io Shirai. She's one of the best. So a uh, pretty good match here. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it was good seeing her in, you know, in the title defense. And um, I think she is like not – she's very underrated. You know, yeah. and um, she needs more high-profile matches, at, especially, like, events like TakeOver, where it kind of, like, highlights, like, how good she is in the ring. Because yeah. I feel like they tend to give you more time at these major pay-per-views than as opposed to a regular episode of NXT. Right. But it just it looks like she's just going to move up the ranks and, you know, hopefully, you know, I hope, like, it's just, it's just, I just hope they don't call her up to the main roster either, you know? So yeah, I hope they take their time with her and give her a proper build, and you know, give her a lot of good challengers. Because there's like a lot of people at the PC that's gonna come up, and you know, and there's a lot of matches that she can benefit from. So, so far, she's you know, she's she's doing the right thing. Just yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, the women's division in NXT is still really stacked, um, and like you said, there's still a lot of people in the PC that they haven't even debuted yet. So I feel like there's still a lot for her to do there. Um, yeah, she did the whole thing with Tegan Knox, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had this title match, but yeah, I think even you know maybe even her and Gonzalez. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But her, her and uh, the little Diesel Shawn Michaels thing. I feel like they could be a tag team, uh, go for the tag titles. I think there's a bunch of possibilities for her, but uh, yeah, yeah. As far as this match goes, really good match. Uh, Shirai retains. Um, who do you think she's going to defend against next? Io Shirai. Man, it's it's hmm. That's I I not I mean I think she'll hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, I like just thought of it now, and I'm trying to think of it, and I can't really think of any other because she she already beat Tegan Knox. Yeah, I guess maybe uh, Mercedes Martinez, maybe. Hmm, that should be a good one. Um, is Charlotte still on NXT? Uh, that's a good question. I think she might have just been there for the rest. Of she the was a champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate a, a Charlotte EO match. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be really good. As long as Charlotte doesn't go over. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't hold your breath on that one. Yeah, I'm a huge Charlotte fan, but Charlotte's like, she just, she's just, she's got too many, yeah. too many knots on her belt already. Yeah, yeah. You can, you know, she's, she's at an 11. We can turn her down to a seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring her down for a bit. Bring her down to maybe even a six. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, she's been gone for a while. And I don't know if I miss her yet, but I feel like I'm starting to get there. Yeah, I miss her already. Second week she was yeah. gone, I missed her, man. She's definitely a strong presence. Whether you know, you could you could say she's overpushed or whatever, but she's definitely a great character. I feel like. Yeah, she adds a lot to the division, and she adds like that star power that's kind of needed right now because, uh, not to get off track, but it just seems like Bailey and, and Sasha are the ones kind of running the whole division right now between both shows. Yeah, and then. It, and on top of that, you have Oscar is the only one challenging for their titles. So it's really they got all this, 
all this potential. They got this huge roster, and it's really just kind of focused in on three people right now. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre. Um, but I don't know. It is what it is. But uh, after that match, we get a quick promo. It's uh, NXT UK is returning, apparently, in September, which is awesome. I don't know if you watch NXT UK or you're, you did when it was on. Um, I feel like it's one of the most underrated brands in the world. Yeah, so I'm super stoked to see that come back. Um, um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like hyped for it. I seen a few. I seen the um, oh man, it was like it was like a it was the Finn versus uh, who did Finn go face over there? UK um, Jordan Devlin. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Jordan Devlin's one of the best guys over there. I know he was a part of the the speaking out thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Whatever happened with that, I haven't really heard much about it since then, but I'm hoping that there's nothing too serious. Yeah, well, they brought Velveteen back, you know, and this guy had proof. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring everybody back, you know? I totally forget. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think about the Velveteen Dream thing? I'm bringing him back. I mean, man, listen, man. Um, so I listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of rap music, right? Mm hmm. So I'm just going to try to find the best way to compare the two, wrestling and rap. So in rap, there's a lot of women who have allegations against certain rappers and certain artists. And a lot of the times it comes out to be bogus claims. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went into the Velveteen situation with the same mindset, you know, and there was a lot of proof that he was in this kid's DMs and kind of like, um, you know, just keep being a creep. But then I also read some stuff where it was, um, you know, it could have been photoshopped or, you know, Velveteen was set up or whatever the case was. And then that kind of died down for a bit. And then it just blew back that the guy or the girl, whoever it was, wasn't lying or they were lying. So it's like right now it's just a mess. So at this point, who, who do you believe? You know, obviously, WWE is a huge company and they have huge connections and they probably investigated the hell out of it. And, you know, whatever they found, they found that it was, you know, in right to bring him back. So we don't know. I don't know. But if the guy is guilty, then they got to get rid of him. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. I think he hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, it is one of those things where it's like, like you said, there's so much evidence slash fake evidence out there. And you don't really know what's real, what's credible. And it's, it's at a point where it's like you can't. Because this is, this is serious shit. Like, if you claim that this guy's guilty, then that's going to ruin his whole life. So it's like they can't just jump right into it without having the facts. Exactly. Without really solid, solid proof. And I'm not, I don't want to be like, oh, you need proof to show. Cause there's a lot of people that get abused out there and they just don't have the proof. But like, this is one of those things where it's like, I feel like there's not enough to really fuck this guy's whole life up. Yeah. Like, I just, like, this is a billion-dollar company, man. Like, they can hire investigators. They're going to do whatever they did. Like, you know, and it's just, like, I don't know what they found. You know, I can only, I can only, I can only go by what I'm reading on Twitter and on Instagram. I really don't know. And I'm not trying to make any excuses for him. But you got to look at it from a billion-dollar company with with shitloads of, uh, you know, like, connections everywhere. Like, they must have found something in the investigation that led them that the guy was lying or the team was innocent or whatever. So, and they're not going to sit here and play around with those kind of accusations and let a guy who they know is guilty back on TV, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, 
it's just uh you know it just depends who you believe man and i'm pretty sure like sooner or later the truth will come out and we'll either be proven wrong or be a lot of us will be proven right exactly yeah like you said it's just a mess yeah and it's really really not a whole else that lot else they can do so um speaking of mess now we have our main event carrying cross versus keith lee uh this match it was a it was a fine build. It was like kind of a, a weird build, but um, you know they're investing a lot of time into into Cross, building his character. Obviously, jumping right into a world title match. Um, but yeah, he beats Keith Lee here, wins the title in his first attempt. Uh, kind of a kind of a slow match, kind of an anticlimactic ending to Keith Lee's reign. Um, but obviously, we saw what happened to him. He just moved up to Monday Night Raw. And uh, yeah, man, what do you think about this match? Um, the match was was it was solid. It's just two guys, two big guys going at it, um, and they kind of work well together because you know matches tend to be a lot slower when there's two big guys working. And Keith is very athletic. Mm-hmm. Karen just has his own style. Like I think he can work with anybody. So the the match, I think, could it if could have went a different direction. Like I expected more out of the match. Yeah, but um, I don't like. I, I heard I read that he was injured or he separated his shoulder, so I don't know if that played into it where the match had to get slowed down for a bit. That's true. But um, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I wish the payoff would have been like a rematch, but I guess they're you know they're they're starving for new call ups, so they just kind of got Keith out of there as quick as possible. I guess, yeah. But. Uh, I feel like it should have been like a, a rubber match, a rematch. You know, maybe the first match they would have had ended the DQ, and then maybe have the second match, mm-hmm. and you know, have Keith lose. But it, I just felt like it, it should have been more out of that match, especially that was the first time meeting. Exactly, it felt like it had another gear yeah. that it didn't hit. Like when the when the three count happened, I was like, oh shit, that's it. I almost thought it was like a botch or something because it was so like out of nowhere. But yeah, man, really interesting. I'm gonna definitely tune in NXT this week to see what happens. You know, if Cross has to drop the title and how they handle that whole situation. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's not the case because, like, you know, it'll, they don't have to just scramble to find somebody else to fill that roll up. It'll kind of suck, you know, the carrying at this point. Hopefully yeah. he can hold the title for a couple weeks. I mean, I've never had a separated shoulder before. And even if that's the case, that's the actual injury. Um, hopefully something that he can return quickly from or not have to drop the title, you know? Yeah, I mean, I haven't had one either, but from what I've heard, it's like literally one of the worst things to, um, what's the word, rehabilitate. Yeah. It just, it just takes a long time to heal, to get that range of motion back. And it obviously depends on how, uh, what the severity is of it. Um, hopefully it's not too bad. Um, question, did you did you think that uh, Keith was buried or Keith? No. Battle range should have been longer. Um like did did that cross your mind? I mean, it did strike my mind that he lost in his first defense. Um, this is his first defense, right? Not too sure. Oh, no, yeah, he defended against uh, Dajakovic that one time, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was like the night after, but yeah, like like I said, it was like what forty seven days or something. Um, I wouldn't say he's buried at all, especially considering you know he's literally now in a pay per view match against Randy Orton. I think it was just a means to an end. I think it was a way. I feel like they kind of booked themselves into a corner with this because you can't have, you know, they've put so much time and energy into Cross, building him up as this monster that he fucking destroyed. 
Tommaso Ciampa and a bunch of other guys. You can't really have him lose on his first attempt. But at the same time, Lee, he's just a new, he's newly champion. He has a lot of momentum himself. So, like I said, I feel like he just booked himself into a tough spot here. Um, but I wouldn't say Lee's was buried, no, especially given how strong they've made Cross look recently. Yeah, I just because I read a lot, of, I, read, I read a lot of feedback online on how he was buried and all the other crap. I just don't think people were looking at the bigger picture that they looked at Keith as being bigger than NXT at that point, and they had to bring him up. Like, so that's yeah. how I looked at it. Like, they all, they must think that he's bigger than the brand at this point, or. He he'll be better off on the bigger stage. Yeah, so. and I can't say I disagree with that either. I mean, I feel like Keith is made to be a huge star. Beyond, I think he's bigger than NXT. I feel like he can be WWE's next big thing if they want to make him that. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Yeah, just the the size, the charisma, the look, the ability. He has everything. He's really unique looking. Um, has really unique athleticism. I mean, I'm excited. I, I mean, I don't know if you saw Raw last night. I only saw bits and pieces of it. But uh, I guess they gave Keith Lee, like, new music that everybody is livid about. Um, and they made him, like, wrestle in a shirt and a weird, like, baggy set of shorts. Uh, did you catch any of that? Uh, I, I, I saw Raw, but I missed that part. But um, I yeah. just... Man, I, I, I even seen... People talking crap about they made him shape his goatee. I'm like, oh man, like this. Like, <laughs> let see where we're going with this before we just jump on everything. Like I've never been to the movies and sat two minutes into a movie and was like, you know what, this movie's gonna suck. Like, you got to exactly. got to see the whole, see the story. Like you know, can't just crap on it because you know they did something you didn't like the first two minutes. It's like this is a long story. To, this is a long, long, long career he has ahead of him. So before we jump down, you know, anybody's neck or throw whatever. Like, let's see what happens, you know? No, man, no. He has no facial hair now. He's buried. Yeah, that's right. it. End of story. That's it. They, they took away his music. They, they, they took it away. They put a shirt on him. That's it. He's, he's a loser. That's it. But the bigger yeah. picture is he walked right into, he left one main storyline in the main event, and he walked right into another main event storyline. So exactly. that, that's the bigger picture. Like, he, he went straight for Orton. Like, he's going to face Orton next Sunday. So that mm-hmm. that's what that's the bigger picture. Like forget this forget the music you'll get you'll get used to the music. You get used to the look. Just just focus on the you know the long storytelling they're doing here. Cause that's that's most important. Yeah. But. Exactly. It's Randy Orton. I mean you can you can make an argument in saying that Randy Orton is the biggest thing going right now. Yeah. In wrestling. And he just jumps immediately into a program with them. So can't really say anything bad about that. No, definitely can't. I'm like, whoa, Randy Orton, that's great. Then I'm like, oh no, his his goatee, where's his music? Come on, man. <laughs> it was just a song. Like, what happened when Sheamus got the Mohawk? Everybody hated it. And then look at what Sheamus did. He became world champion again after that. Yeah. He, he he went on to win ex you know, more tag team titles. He went to like redo his like he just he just had a whole new look. And you know, oh, I hate it. I hate it. Sheamus gave us some of his best matches with that Mohawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like all the backlash they've gotten. I feel like next week I'll probably have his old music back, anyways. So, yeah. oh, it's a wash at the end of the day, anyways. But so yeah, NXT Takeover. It was a pretty solid show. Um, if you had to give it a rating out of ten, what would you give it? I give it a seven. Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, pretty on par with what they've done um, in the COVID era. 
type stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of high spots to the show, and nothing really, uh, nothing really bad on the show either. No, no, I, I would, I would, I would have gave it an eight or a nine if you know the main event would have went a little longer. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but yeah, man, with that, dive right into SummerSlam. Uh, did you catch this whole show? Yeah, surprisingly, I did, man. I had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to watch the whole show. So, you know, biggest party of the summer, man. Yeah, definitely. I don't know about that, but you know, it was it was up it was up there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So the kickoff show, uh, Apollo Cruz versus MVP, is uh, how they opened the show out. And That's, um, That's the match I missed. That was on the on the kickoff show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had I just happened to turn it on a little bit early, and I happened to catch this match. Normally, I don't see what's on the kickoff show but i'm kind of glad i did here yeah that's what i missed that's the only part i missed about SummerSlam was a kickoff show yeah um i mean the match as far as the match itself goes um i don't think it's super crucial that you go back and watch it um it was a, it was a pretty solid match it's probably best the best mvp match i've seen since he's been back um it was a kind of a typical match uh, ultimately apollo ends up getting the win here over mvp um but the best part <laughs> That's part of the match, and this would be worth going back and seeing. Is so Cruz beats MVP, and then the Hurt Business comes out, and they like try to attack Apollo Cruz, but a Cruz, but Cruz like ducks and dodges out of the way. It looks like Star Wars droids trying to attack them. They did not try at all, which is pretty hilarious. But yeah, man, it was a pretty solid match. I, I love what the Hurt Business is doing on Raw. Um, what do you think? Yeah, um, I love the Hurt Business. Um, that's Shelton, MVP, and, and Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then I just love their look. It's, it's something different. Um, it's like, you know, it's 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 a different thing, man. I'm just glad that they didn't go the nation of domination route with them and they did something different because, you know, like you put a bunch of black guys in, in a stable and anybody wants them to be the new nation. Exactly. So, I, I'm glad they moved away from that and – it's just a couple guys who like kicking ass and bragging about it, you know. So, for sure, yeah, I feel like it's the best, best MVPs looked his whole career. The best Shelton's looked his whole career. Uh, even Lashley, you could probably make an argument, but I feel like all three of these guys are doing the best stuff right now, and I feel like they're just meshing yeah, so and, well together. And Shelton wasn't doing anything a few months ago, and now he's doing something. So you know, exactly, they look like, something for everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and I loved. Yeah, people, you could say what you want about the Raw Underground stuff, but that segment they did on that first night, I don't know if you caught that, where the Hurt Business just walked in there and beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, that was, that was dope. That was one of the coolest things I've seen on Raw this year. And the strippers running around. It was, just, it was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> the strippers are crucial. Yeah, they, they, they need the strippers there. I, I won't watch it without strippers. Nah, man. If they tell me, yo, the strippers are off, I'm like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of strippers, next match we got Bailey versus Asuka. Um, so this is the first title match of the night for the women. Um, Asuka has another chance against Sasha later in the night, but Bailey versus Asuka was a pretty good match. Um, definitely, as far as Bailey goes, one of her better matches I can remember seeing. Uh, but the end of the match here has uh, Sasha distracting Asuka, and then Bailey capitalizes with a roll up for the win retaining her title uh what do you think of this match i mean the match was it was i mean it wasn't like it wasn't as well, well i guess we'll get that to that later but it wasn't as great as like the sasha 
an Oscar match. Mm-hmm. But it was good. I'm kind of glad they gave Sasha a break in between. I mean, Oscar a break in between. Yeah. Um, I kind of knew going into it that Oscar was going to win a title from either one of them. So I just wasn't sure who it was. But uh, it became obvious, I guess, when Bailey, when Bailey won, that she would be taking Sasha's title. But yeah. um, the match, that means Oscar could take some bumps. And the fact that she went and she did two 15 minute matches that night was tells you a lot about uh, Iron Woman. Yep. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, we can just dive right into that because it was later in the night. But uh, Asuka versus Sasha uh, was a really good match. I don't think it was as good as their Extreme Rules match, but still really good nonetheless. Um, but yeah, Asuka ends up winning here uh, over Sasha. Wins the Raw title, and I feel like just plants more seeds for a future uh, Bailey and Sasha match. Uh, what do you think about that whole deal that they got going there? Yeah, um, Bailey's great as a heel, so... Um, it just plays well, like a whole new character that she has. She the, no, the hugs and all that crap is gone, and I feel like it's it's been a long time for everybody to see this match happen between the two. They kind of always teased it, even when they were both here. I mean, baby faces. Mm-hmm. They they kind of teased it, so I'm kind of looking forward to it now because it's like both of them have this this cocky personality now. So yeah, and then um, the match itself was pretty was pretty cool. It kind of gave me. It kind of reminded me of like when Brett was running through the King of the Ring. So they stuck to the storytelling where, where Asuka was still selling some of the beatings she took earlier in mm-hmm. the first match. So, you know, she made it like she made you believe that maybe she wasn't going to win because she already went through like a rough match the first time. So everything kind of like it just it just made sense. And I think yeah. Sasha losing was the right call because Sasha looks like the one who's who's going to be more jealous that Bailey's still champ. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that will lead to like that one-on-one match. I agreed. Yeah, I feel like the whole basis of that Bailey and Sasha storyline is Sasha sees Bailey with two belts, and she feels like she needs two belts to be on the level of Bailey. Yeah, and the fact that she lost it so quickly, as she always seems to do, I feel like just fuels the fire in her, and is going to make it that much more impactful when the breakup finally does happen. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know whether it's uh. It's like a running gag backstage, but the fact that Sasha only has that title for like a few days or a few weeks, it's just crazy. It's hilarious. I think she's a six-time champion, but she's never defended the title. Nope. That's At this point, it must be just... It's like the reverse Undertaker streak they, at this point. There was one summer slam I went to where she lost the title. I think it was to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember. That sounds like a thing that would happen. No, she she literally had won the title like two weeks before from South from Charlotte and the um that that false kind anywhere match they had on Raw, mm-hmm. and then like that following week or the following t- two weeks after that it was SummerSlam and she lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there was a period there where they were hot potato in the title, yeah, um, for a while. I mean, Charlotte's like what a thirteen-time champion now, and I think like seven of her reigns were like in a month. Yeah, just from tossing it back and forth with Sasha. Seven of those reigns came from Sasha, so yeah, it was insane. But yeah, we'll see what happens with there. Hopefully, they get more of the ladies involved. I feel like that there's so much more, uh, so much more talented women on the roster than Sasha, Bailey, and Oscar. Um, so I feel like I hope they utilize some more of them going forward. I mean, who do you who do you think is like deserving like of the next? The next shot at the title. Not saying the next champ, but just who deserves the next shot at the title. Well, I mean, you know, 
I, I, w- I would say Sonia Deville had, you know, that whole situation panned out how it did. Um, trying to think. I'm sure there's somebody that I just can't think of right now. I feel like I haven't seen more women on the show, so I'm like forgetting even who's there. Yeah, don't say, don't say Natalia, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to say Lana. Lana? I feel like Lana? Lana deserves a show. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, about to say, man. Oh. Fuck, man. Get those two off my TV as yeah. soon as possible. I see uh, Shayna, but I don't see her winning a singles title. I see her winning the tag titles. Yeah, I think that's uh, a payback match, isn't it? Yeah. Her and Nia. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, because I guess, yeah, it would make sense for Sasha and Bailey to lose the titles. Kind of, it's like a house of cards falling on them. Um, but yeah, a weird pairing. Like, it seems like an out of nowhere pairing between Sasha or uh, between Shayna and Nia. Yeah, so this doesn't seem right. But, uh, I mean, yeah, whatever. And the Lexus um, not really competing at all right now, right? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like she's just kind of uh, an addition to the whole. Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman deal. I don't know if that's still going on or not. And Carmella, what happened to her? Is she injured? I think she's just one of those people opting not to work during the COVID stuff. Okay. As far as as far as I understand, but you know, with Roman coming back and all that stuff, maybe people are getting the itch to come back. So maybe we'll see her. Yeah. Sometime soon. All right. I'm a big Lacey Evans fan too. Yeah. I know yeah. she's a. Uh, I feel like I, I'm I'm frustrated that they brought her up so fast from NXT. So she definitely is still a little green. But as far as a character and as far as potential goes, I feel like she's one of the tops that they have there. Yeah, Lacey's cool. Lacey's cool. I mean, she she had a nice program with Becky at the beginning of what last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah. her and you know my homie Corbin. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I don't know. I didn't after she had a whole thing with uh, she had like a mini feud with somebody at the beginning of this year. I don't know. Was it with Lana? Was it with um, shit? I don't even know. I know she had a recent thing with Naomi. Yes. Um, I feel like there's somebody else. I, I, her and Bailey. She was she was involved with the Bailey Sasha stuff earlier this year, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm referring to. Where they were making fun of her and. Her being in the uh, army and her daughter, yes. So that was that yes. was, yeah. Yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. It's all all this COVID stuff blends together after a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Naomi, nah, Naomi doesn't need the title, man. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As far when it comes to Naomi, like I get, you know, she's very athletic. I understand that she's been there for a long time, but at a certain point, it's just like something about her isn't sticking with the audience. You know, you can do all the fancy moves in the world, but if your character isn't connecting with the audience, I don't know if you can just say she deserves better. I don't know where you stand on all that, though. Um, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of hers. I just like I just I feel like some people don't need a title to get them over. She's one of them. She she had a title a few times. She, I think she had a title once or twice. Yeah. You know, yeah, and she, won, she won the women's battle royal at, at WrestleMania, so she has. Couple of, you know accolades underneath on her, but I just like I don't think she needs a, a title. She doesn't need a, the, the championship just yet. Or she doesn't need it at all at this point. You know she's 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 good without it. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, you know, you, I'd rather have somebody who's good without the title than put the title on somebody who doesn't need it and then does nothing for them. Exactly, it's the That's, woman that makes the title, not the title that makes the woman. Exactly. So you know, but we'll see. yeah, like you said, yeah, she's been given a lot of. Like you said, the, the Battle Royal thing. Uh, she won the title at WrestleMania in her hometown. 
she was she, uh, she she won it back yep so it is what it is but um yeah pretty good set of matches here uh for the titles on this show um and we'll see what goes from there uh but after that we got the raw tag team titles on the line we have the street profits versus angel garza and andrade a uh, pretty good match uh it's probably one of the better matches i've seen from the street profits um since they've been on raw uh, the Street Profits get the win here after Andrade is checking on Zelina. So he's distracted. So Garza gets pinned. Um, seems like they're teasing. They keep stopping and starting with the teasing of a breakup between Andrade and uh, Garza. So I don't even know if they have a plan for that. But Street Profits get the win here. Uh, what do you think of this match? I like I like this match. Um, I think the Street Profits work. I mean, as, you know, they... they they got they good athletes, but they work better when the matches are slower. Yeah. So for four guys who can work, work matches like you know the way they do, this was a kind of a change because the pace was slower, and you know it kind of they 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 sold a lot of the leg work and they sold them beating the hell of Montez. It was just I think the match was basically the match was set to show well the match was to set up the split between. Um, Andrade and, and, and Garza. Mm-hmm. So that was, the match was just there for that sole reason. Um, and I'm not sure if they're going to actually split because I think last time they, like you mentioned, they teased it. And um, I think Zelina stepped in the middle when she kind of like, you know, like diffused the situation and she got them the title match. But I think this time, I think they'll, they'll split for good. Yeah. I, I could see, I could see uh, Andrade being like a, a face. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think Garza has so much potential to be just, uh, I mean, people compare him to Eddie Guerrero all the time, but I feel like that's a, a pretty accurate comparison. Yeah. As far as just the charisma he has, I feel like he could be a great heel, a great baby face. I feel like he has so much potential. Yeah. And then now you got Dominic on the roster. So you're going to need somebody, you know, to, to work with Dominic. And you got, yeah. these guys are in a tag team that you really can't have him work with Dominic. Right. So, you know, Dominic had to get paired with somebody to make it work. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's just me overthinking. But oh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool that Sweet Profit still champs, and I don't know who they'll drop the titles to eventually. But you know, it's, it's something to keep you know keep in mind. Like who's going to be? I think it's the Viking Raiders. They had a whole mm-hmm. um, competition thing going with them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem to kind of faded off the face of the earth. The Viking Raiders. I'm, I don't feel like I've seen them in a while. Yeah, I think one of them. Um, one of them is married to another another female on, on, on SmackDown. And I think she's expecting a baby. So I think because of COVID, they took him oh, off yeah. TV so he can stay home. So he won't be that on the road. Yeah, and that's another thing. A lot of people don't realize that they don't get used because they don't have nothing for them. It's just they don't get used because some of them opt not to get used. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, I don't want to travel. I got family, I got kids, or I got elderly parents I live with. So a lot of them opt to stay home. So it's always not creative that doesn't have anything for them. Sometimes the wrestling themselves opt out from being yeah. on the road. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's I believe it's Eric. He's married to Sarah Logan. Yes, there you go. She's like six months pregnant now. Okay. So, so yeah, that would definitely make sense as to why they're not on TV. Yeah, so you didn't hear that from me though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's on I heard it from Barry and the Smarks. That means yes. it's news. Yes, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the tag team division itself goes, I mean, it's a shame that the Viking Raiders aren't on TV. 
given all that situation we just talked about. Because I feel like there's not a lot of tag teams like across the board, like all of WWE. I feel like they're kind of struggling for tag teams right now, especially in Raw. I mean, I can't because you have Angel Garza and Andrade. You have the Street Profits. I mean, who else is on Raw? You got the Hurt, the the, the what is it, the Hurt business? Oh yeah, yeah. You got that. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you want to, you can count um, Rollins and Murphy. Yeah, well, I can see that. And uh, wait, there was a third person to that stable, right? Was it Austin Theory? Yeah, Austin Theory is bouncing around a lot for a while there. I don't know what his deal because I know he was part of. Uh, I mean, he had some allegations going. Yeah, I don't know if that's why he's off. I'm assuming that's why he's off TV. Yeah, that's why he's off. So, and then I think it was usually Murphy and Austin as a tag team. So there's mm-hmm. tag teams there, but then like they have WWE has like this thing where they don't have actual tag teams. They like linking up two people and throwing them on a team together. That's what I was about to say. Because the people that you're naming, they they are valid tag teams, but like you said, they're just like two singles guys matched yeah, together, and yeah. like you said, they're not really true tag teams. And then um, I can't think of anybody else. Um, what, do, what do you think of this? What do you think of getting rid of brand-specific tag team titles and just having one set of titles? I thought they, was, they were doing that at one point, right? Were they? Yeah, I guess. It was a while ago, I guess, right? Yeah, I would prefer that. But then you'll have the same champion on all three brands. I don't know if they want to do all that just yet. Yeah. But uh, – yeah. They just gotta get more tag teams or just hire in indie guys who are already tag teams on that circuit and just make it work because especially putting pairing two guys together, it just doesn't solve anything. It just makes things more confusing. Yeah, unless you really commit to it. Like I feel like Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, that could be a really good tag team if that's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but it seems like they're kind of stopping and starting with them too. Cause I think Cedric had a his own match last or last night on Raw. So I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore. Yeah, I'm used to seeing my tag teams like same gear, same music. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like I'm I'm kind of like I grew up watching like early '90s wrestling and late '80s. So I'm, you're used to seeing your tag team partner in the same gear, same entrance music. If you're having a singles match, your tag team partner's there to be in your corner. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like like I like traditional tag teams where, like I said, everybody's you know everybody's like in uniform, same tag team. They, you know, they have some kind of gimmick to them. Like the Viking Raiders are like, they're like a true tag team. You know, you got right. to wear the face paint. You know, they got the same gear on. You know, they uh, same music. You know, none of them have been single competitive singles wrestlers before. You know, everything is tag team driven. So I think mm-hmm. they need more of that, like more actual real tag teams. They need more Usos. Yes, more they Usos. Need. They need more street profits. They need more road warriors. They need more, you know. Yeah, because I'm the same way. I grew up. Right, tag team wrestling is really what got me into it. Was like the Hardy Boys and the Edge and Christian, the yeah. Dudleys, all that stuff. So I have a soft spot in my heart for tag team wrestling. I just hope that they, uh, for once, dedicate some time to really building that division. Because I feel like all three brands are struggling right now. Yeah, and I think one of the Usos is out, right? So it's just one Uso on TV. Yeah, and that's a big part of it too. Like like you said, Uso's injured. Uh, Eric from the Viking Raiders is out with his uh, pregnant wife. You have, uh, you know, people getting, having different allegations against them or, you know, just injuries here and there. So a lot of it's bad luck too. That's just kind of how it's played out. And obviously the COVID stuff thins out the roster in itself. So 
it is what it is. But maybe uh, once everything starts getting figured out, maybe we'll start building on that again. Yep, definitely. Hope so, man. Yep. Uh, so next match, we have Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Uh, man, I don't even... It's it, obviously... I mean, I just... I applaud these these girls for going out there and even having a match. Um, the match was what it was. Um, it wasn't anything groundbreaking, but that's not really the story here. Um, so Mandy Rose wins, which uh, caused Sonya Deville to have to leave WWE. Uh, I'm assuming she just needs time off for, you know, her mental uh, or just, you know, the trial, just a bunch of different reasons. It's probably just a bunch of stuff. She just wants to take a step back for a little bit. Uh, I hope she returns at some point, though, because I feel like she has so much potential. Yeah, I mean, the match, like you said, it, 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 it is what it was. Um, they, Mandy looked really stiff out there. Like, she wasn't comfortable yeah. being out there. Meanwhile, even though Sonya was going through a lot, she was more smoother in the ring. She mm-hmm. wasn't as stiff. She was loose. You know, she, 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 she didn't miss her. Her cues, she knew where her spots were. I think Mandy was like the opposite. I, I don't. I hardly ever watch Mandy matches like that, so I don't know if that's how she actually is in every match. Mm-hmm. But she didn't look comfortable. And yeah, I mean, she, she was fighting with that table for like a good fight. <laughs> as I was about to say, I don't feel like. I feel like that was the best part of the match was her versus the table. Yeah, the table was kicking her ass. Yeah, she table definitely won that one. So what I was curious to know was she got rid of the table. So did they have a spot plan for the table? That's what I was. I, th- I had the same thought because they set up a table, but they never used it. Yeah, so I'm like, were they going to use it? Where the table was just there? Like, who knows? And you know, normally when there's a spot and you forget the spot, or maybe they saw her struggling with the table, so they called off the spot. I don't know. But the table That's was kicking cool. her ass. <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, with everything going on and you know the pressure of being on a a, a marquee match at SummerSlam, maybe they just fucking forgot the spot maybe they had a spot in mind but they just forgot to do it who knows but uh yeah mandy gets the win here sonya's out for a while um but like i said hope to see her back at some point yeah i i was under the assumption that it was like it was storyline based but um unless i'm being worked uh yeah. i saw that she was you know she changed her her handles to her real name and she was Giving her thanks, everyone, and giving her, you know, like she was saying her goodbyes on, on, on social media. So I'm like, man, is she really leaving or is she that good at making me believe she's not leaving? I think she'll be back. And then I saw Mick, Mick Foley uh, sent her a tweet saying something along the lines like, you know, it, you're great. Hopefully we'll see you back in the ring one day. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I was like literally on this. Oh, she'll be back. This is okay, Fabe. This is, this is a storyline. You know, she's going to take time off to handle this. But now I don't know. I mean, she'll be back definitely. I just don't know how how soon it'll be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know there was like a a backstage segment with her. I don't think it was on the show. It might have just been on Twitter or something. But uh, some reporter was walking up to her like, "Sonia, Sonia, what are your thoughts on this match?" And then Sonia's like, "Don't call me that." So it's like, is she, she like shedding her name? Yeah. Is she gonna is she gonna come back with her real name? Hmm, I didn't think about that. I mean, uh, it's a whole, uh, maybe she's the leader of retribution. Who knows? Hmm, imagine that. <laughs> Can't really say it, but uh, yeah, that match was what it was. But after that, Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Who, man, this is a 
really good match. Just like the Pat McAfee match, I think this blew a lot of people's expectations out of the water. Um, although I feel like people had a higher bar for Dominic given who his father is. And I feel like everybody knows that Dominic trains with his dad. So I feel like everybody expected Dominic to be pretty competent in the ring, but I feel like he did a really good job here. I feel like Dom's selling was on a level of anybody else on the roster. I feel like it was really good. And uh, I feel like adding his mom to the match was a good touch. Really made Seth look like a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) On top of him wearing Ray's gear from 1997, which is amazing. Uh, But yeah, really good match here. What did you think? That match was insane. It was like insanely good. Um, actually, was watching SummerSlam with my wife, and she's watching, and she's like, "Who's that? Who's that kid?" I said, "That's Dominic. That's Face Kid." She's like, "Oh, is that his real one?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah." So she kind of went into the match with the same expectations that we all had. Like, how can you fuck up this match? I don't. Can I curse on this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. How can you fuck up this match knowing that your dad is Rey Mysterio and you grew up around all types of wrestlers? You know. Mm-hmm. You, you grew up watching Eddie. You grew up watching your your uncle. You grew up your uncle. You just Ray. Like you just were, you were born for the business. So there was no way you could have fucked this up. But at, at certain points, first thing I noticed, he was nervous as hell. It was on his face. The, the kid looked pale as hell, mm-hmm. and he never took off that damn jacket with the hoodie. And the hoodie <sighs> kept getting in his face, kept getting in the way. He kept taking the hoodie off. So I wasn't too sure about his gear. I'm like, was the gear supposed to come off? You keep it on, like I don't know what's going on. But at one point, I, at one point, I saw that he removed it. I'm like, thank God, because yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was having the same thought because I was giving it was giving me anxiety watching this because I was like, dude, that that hood's gonna get in his face and he's not gonna be able to see and he's gonna fuck up and break his neck or something. And then um, I was like, oh, man, like I get it, like he he's a smaller guy. You in the ring with somebody like Seth who's kind of built, so you don't want to give like. You don't want to give the people at home like, oh, man, it's just a kid. But then again, you kind of want to do that because you want everybody to believe like, yo, this kid, he don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. But he shouldn't went out there without the damn. He should have taken, he should have taken the hoodie off. And yeah. then I also noticed that Seth carried him a lot in the match. Seth protected the hell out of him during the match. Mm-hmm. There were some spots. I think the Huracan spot, Seth was like kind of directing it where it went. Like, so Seth... Seth is like Seth doesn't get a lot of credit, but Seth is like one of the greatest. Absolutely, you know, he he's, he 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 deserves all the credit he should get. But uh, I just it was great. Like I was I was kind of blown away. I'm like, all right, Dominic. I could see Dominic on Monday Night Raw facing other guys. So it was it was pretty cool. So yeah, I I agree. I don't think this is just an attraction. I feel like this is the beginning of a of a legitimate career for yeah. Dominic. Um. And not to mention the way things ended with Murphy and, and Ray getting in the match. I I would I would put put money on that they're going to have a tag team match. Exactly. I think so. I didn't watch Raw. I watched like the first hour of Raw last night. But they were promoting that the match was going to happen last night. I don't know if that actually did, or if it like got thrown out for some reason or whatever. But definitely seems like the story's not over there. And I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. Don't quote me on this, but I feel like Don made him a turn on his father. <laughs> man he's gonna get I, uh, with his dad stepping in and and he's gonna yo i'm not a kid anymore dad i can take care of myself and he's gonna like grow resentment towards his parents because his mom was there for, uh, his mom was out there for a reason mm-hmm. you know and yeah yeah if it was just like oh i'm here to support my son then she would have stayed backstage but the fact that she came out 
She got in Ray's face and told Ray to stop it. I, I, I see I see Dominic being a part of what is does Seth Stable have a name? Which stable? Uh, Seth, Seth Stable? Yeah. Uh I don't think they do now. But he'll he'll I'm pretty sure he either he'll he's gonna turn on his father and do his own thing, or he's gonna join Seth. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that, especially considering I'm sure Ray wants to work with his son at some point. Yeah, before, before he retires. Returns. Exactly. Yeah, you know, saying, I mean, how much longer does does he have? So build that WrestleMania match, you know, and at one that's point, money. He's gonna he's gonna turn on him. He's gonna yeah. his dad. I don't. I hopefully not this soon because he still needs his dad to you know build his character on TV. But I, I see it on the line. He's gonna <laughs> turn on his dad. Yeah, I feel like all the pieces are there with yeah. uh, Seth, Seth and Murphy, and uh, you know Seth, his quote unquote disciples or whatever you call his little minions. They feel, I feel like they keep dropping off, you know, with AOP getting injured and then Austin Theory going away. I feel oh, like Dominic uh, could fit right in there, yeah. You see, that's a tag team you forgot to mention, AOP. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I know one of them's injured, uh, but they probably might be because that, that was a while ago. I think that was before COVID, so maybe they're ready to come back sometime soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, awesome match here with Seth and Dominic. Uh, so we'll see. I'm sure they'll... Do some uh, something else at payback involving these guys too. But then, uh, so after that, we had Oscar and Sasha, which we already touched on. And then after that, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE title. This uh, this might have been my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I thought these guys worked really well together. I feel like their styles meshed perfectly. Just two huge dudes slugging it. This this is what a world title match should be, like a great build. Two credible-looking dudes and a, a really good story behind it. What'd you think? Yeah, I I, I, I love the match. I feel like the match was great. I think Randy, you put him in the ring with anybody, and Randy make him look like a star. Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from Drew, but Drew Drew has come, you know, he's he's come up a lot. So it's, it was good to see, and the fact that it was personal, it, it wasn't. They didn't need a, a stupid gimmick to make the match personal. It was just two guys battling it out to see who was number one. Yeah, you know, and um, that was it. That was simple storytelling. Like, hey, I'm better than you. No, you're not. All right, face me in the ring. Put your title on the line. That's it. Exactly. That's all it was, and, and it served its purpose. And it was a great match. And Randy's reaction after the match, he's standing there like in disbelief because he's like, "Oh shit, I lost to this kid." It's just it's a wrestling move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that's the part I loved about it is that no finishes were hit in this match. None. Because you have the tagline to the show that you won't see it coming. And I feel like a lot of people attributed that to Randy Orton versus versus Drew McIntyre because both their finishers are so like out of nowhere. Yeah. So I feel like people thought that it was inevitable that that's how this match is going to end. But no, the Claymore didn't come into play. RKO didn't come into play. Drew just wins with a backslide out of nowhere. So I thought that was a good touch to it too. Yeah. I think Randy went into the match real confident. He's a veteran, you know. He's been around. He's won the titles. He's been in the big, in the big matches. So he went in there with that veteran mentality, like, "Oh, I know what to do. I got this." And I think he was, he was outsmarted by Drew. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, and, and um, should have been a rematch, but it's not going to happen because I think Randy's facing Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where does that leave Drew? That, that's what I was thinking because I going into this match, I was kind of assuming that there'd be some sort of schmoz finish to this, like a DQ or a count out or something. And then they would just have the rematch 
at payback, but it seems like they went a different direction there. So yeah, I don't know uh, who would you face because it seems like they still continued their rivalry on Raw, so it doesn't seem like it's done. So maybe maybe there won't be a WWE title match at payback. I guess that's possible. Yes, yeah, it should be. I mean, you just the champion just had a title match the week before, so that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in that sense, it makes sense. Especially, yeah, I guess because Orton, Orton punted Drew on Raw, but I guess Drew ended up coming back. So who knows? But really good match here nonetheless. Um, but then after that, got Universal title on the line. Bray Wyatt, The Fiend versus Braun Strowman. Um, so it, it was Falls Count Anywhere, but <laughs> just like the table earlier in the Sonya match, False count anywhere didn't even matter because ultimately Bray just won with a pin in the middle of the ring. So um, it was a really strange stipulation there. But Bray wins the title here. But the real story is what happened after Roman Reigns returns. And man, watching wrestling as an adult, there's not a lot of things anymore that like make me jump out of my chair. But when Roman just popped out of nowhere and speared the shit out of Bray... I popped hard for that. I thought oh, yeah. that whole that whole deal was awesome. His all his his new demeanor, his new look, his new teeth, all of it. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, yeah, man. What'd you think about this whole main event stuff? Oh man, the main event was was crazy. Um, first of all, I'm a big Roman fan. I don't care oh, yeah. who knows it. I'm I'm a huge Roman fan. I've, I'm with I'm you. A guy, I, I got a lot of his merch. It's just like. The house we live in is, is ran by Roman, man. Like it's a, Roman has a lot of influence in this house. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Roman, he's he's a good dude. Um, but I was kind of like, like I was kind of like, you know, I wanted Braun to retain the title. Yeah. Um, I think Braun needed the title a little longer, but there there's not many people out there that he can face either. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as like big big matches like that, so um, either sooner or later they was gonna have to add Roman to the to the mix. Um, there was one spot I was kind of like nervous about when he bought the box cutter out. He's cutting up the mat, mm-hmm. and I've used box cutters for a long time, and it's kind of easy for you to be cutting something as thick as a mat and cut yourself. Yeah. And at the point, he's like he still has the the razor in his hand, and he's like. Throwing out the breeze out of the ring, I'm like, yo, this guy's gonna cut himself. <laughs> I was like, all right, so you know, whatever. The fiend wins, and let me tell you, like, these guys were hitting each other as hard as hell. Like, mm-hmm. these guys were physical. At one point, like Bray was no selling nothing. Like he wasn't selling anything for him. So I'm like, I know this guy's out of breath. Like you can tell. Yeah. Um, the match was good. Um, I was expecting them to take it all the way to the back. Backstage, but they took it to Gorilla. Um, Vince is really good at hiding in Gorilla when the cameras are back there. Yeah, I noticed that too. You never see him or Michael Hayes. Um, I was hoping the match would have ended somewhere in the loading dock where he threw Bray off, right? The week before, but I guess you know they needed to keep that pinfall in the middle of the ring to have Roman run in. So I, I, I get it, I get it. Um, but Roman coming back is great, it's great for business, man. Absolutely. That same night, I went and ordered that shirt. Um, <laughs> waiting for it right now. Should be coming in on Friday. Yeah. But um, it was great. It's great to see him back, man. Like, like I kind of jumped out of my seat. I was like, oh shit, this, this fucking guy's back. So yeah. I'm, 
So I was like, oh, man, it's good to see him. You know, he had, like like you said, a whole different demeanor. You know, he looks jacked. Um, yeah, you know, the new teeth is like a whole new person. The only thing is, like, a lot of people are jumping to conclusions that he'll be a heel. I don't really think he's going to be a heel, you know, just because he attacked both of them. He's not a heel. I just think that he's just coming to take back what's his because he had to – he never got his WrestleMania match against Goldberg, so he feels like, yo, I want my match now and I want my title back. Yeah, I think that's really all it is because I feel like even like Bray and Braun, both of them were kind of ambiguous with like whether they were heel or face. So him attacking – Roman attacking the two guys I don't think necessarily makes him a heel. Um, I can kind of see where people are coming from just – like I said, his demeanor, he kind of seemed um, less, uh, not jovial, jovial is the wrong word, but he was just more mean, I guess. Yeah. So, but I think one thing, I mean, if anything else, you can say that this creates a lot of interest in, what, in, the, in, in the direction that they're going because they can go in so many directions with this. So I feel like that's going to pull a lot of people into watching SmackDown this week just to see what happens. Definitely, definitely. Because I, I guess there is a triple threat match. I think it's already been made official at pay, payback between those three for the titles. So it should be interesting to see where they go from there. Yeah, Roman. Roman's not winning the title this soon. Um, that was the case. He would have won the title off. They would have had Braun retain, and Roman would have came in and attacked him anyways. Because if you think about it, Braun is the sub that they put in for Roman when he couldn't face Goldberg. Yeah. So if you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna put the title. If you want to put the title on him, then that would have been the way to go. Like have him attack. Braun set up the match and, you know, then you would have rightfully declared who's a real universal champion. Um, but I don't see Roman. Roman doesn't need, Roman's another guy who doesn't need the title. Bray doesn't need the title either. Um, yep. Braun is, 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 is slowly getting up there to a guy who doesn't need the title either. So I don't think any of them need the title, honestly. I feel like um, that definitely Bray Wyatt doesn't need it. I, I'm kind of almost annoyed that they keep throwing the title off on him because he, his character is just somebody that doesn't need it. Um, and like you said, Braun is a whole other monster in himself. He's kind of in the same vein as Bray is. So in my opinion, I mean, as far as if I had to guess, I would say that this whole thing, I think Roman and Braun probably split off into their own program. And then uh, Bray Wyatt moves on to somebody else. Cause I don't see him losing the title right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only person I can see, I don't, I can't see no one. Well, the only person right now I can see on either roster getting a title off the Fiend would be Roman. I don't see that happening right away. What do you think about Jeff Hardy? Oh shit, that's right. I was thinking about that earlier. As far as like guys that could challenge him, I think Hardy and Matt Riddle are the only guys that I can think of. They can challenge uh, Jeff for the title. They can challenge Bray Wyatt for the title. Yeah. Oh. Um, I don't see. Yeah, I don't. Matt Matt Riddle, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I I wouldn't say that'd be the first one. I think you could do a slow build to that, maybe in a few months. Um, but I feel like Jeff Hardy's one you can throw in there, not to necessarily win the title, but just to have a program with Bray. Yeah, I could see that. I can't see AJ Styles. It's just AJ no. Styles on a different level right now. Yeah, agreed. Unless I mean, it all depends if they really want to commit to Bray being a baby face or a heel because if they're going to have a heel or I'm sorry, if they're going to have a baby face Bray Wyatt, I mean, I could potentially see AJ sliding in there as the heel to face him. Hmm. Perhaps once he loses the intercontinental title, which honestly, I just hope he has a long reign with that. So who really knows? Honestly, 
Yeah. Oh man. Just let me let me check something out real quick here. Uh, Go for it. I'm gonna see because who's on the SmackDown roster real quick. Now you got me thinking, man. <laughs> so who do we have here? Grand Metalik. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, one. All right, so. Ah, there you go. Ooh. See? Ooh. I can see Bray, because this whole talk of Big E changing who he is and keeping his same personality and attitude and character, Ooh. I can see them having him face Bray and Bray trying to change him. Dude. That's, you should be the booker. booker. You're the booker. Sign <laughs> this guy up. Bring him over to the dark side. Because, you know, Big E is just like, I'm, I'm happy with who I am, my own skin. Then Bray will come in or the Fiend and be like, hey, no, you're not. You know, you know, you got some dark to you, so you know. And then he turns him back into Biggie that punches AJ Lee in the head when he's coming to the ring. There you go. Or, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> or he'll play that on the Titan, trying to show him that you know he is a bad guy. Man, oh. that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, maybe not. You know, after, obviously after payback, but I mean, if they're going to really, you know, go full full force with this uh, Big E thing and him being his own person, I mean, what else is he doing at this point? You know. Yeah, that's I think that's what is that's going on. That's that's what's gonna that has to happen. It's 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 set. It's set. Well, I'm telling you, if it doesn't happen, this is all your fault for getting my expectations up. Oh man, sorry about that. I mean, it's on you. Nakamura is, is is tied up with the tag title, so Nakamura and Cesaro are not yeah. available. Um, Although, I mean, if they were ever to lose those titles, I'd be down for either of those guys. I'd be down for Nakamura and. I don't know. It's just like brainy's like brainy certain guys, certain characters that work with him. I, I I don't, I can't see Nakamura and Bray like going at it. Just yeah, it'd be it wouldn't weird. work. It'd just be weird. Daniel Bryan and, and the Fiend again. Yeah, I mean they've done that already. Um, I don't know what else they could. I don't know how much more water they can wring from that. I I don't see Dolph and and, and, and the Fiend. No. Um, Edge is on uh, Raw, so I can't see. That'd be mm. great. Edge and 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 the feed. is Edge on Raw or is he? Does he have? No, does he, he have on, a formal brand. No, he's on Raw. Okay, unless, unless they do a draft. Him. Yeah, unless he comes back from the draft, he put him on SmackDown. Man. I feel like Edge is somebody because he seems like because he just kind of came back. He came back after the draft, so I feel like he doesn't really technically have a brand that he's assigned to. So I feel like he could show up on SmackDown and nobody would really bat an eye. Yeah, that's true. I feel like Edge and I feel like Wyatt is a guy that Edge would want to work with too. Just so unique. And somebody else that'd be pretty good. Oh man, what's this guy? Um Kevin <clears throat> Owens and the Fiend. Yeah? Yeah. He's on Raw. Raw, he's on Raw. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Alistair Black versus The Fiend sometime. Yes. That'd be great. That should yeah. happen from the gate. Yeah. That should happen from the gate. And now we would have had uh, Harper and, 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 and Rowan. They could have won against The Fiend as well. Yeah. Maybe if Harper ever gets tired of being uh, TNT champion or whatever, maybe yeah. he'll come back and do that. And listen, that that that's a whole nother podcast, man. <laughs> that's a whole oh thing. no, believe me. If you want to do uh, if you want to do an all out review, be more than happy to have you on. I'm yeah. sure that'd be entertaining as hell. That means you'll make me watch that. 
<laughs> so you know what you got you got you got to pay your dues, man. Yeah, right, you know what? I, I'll watch the clips and I'll just this, run from there. This is the equivalent of Dominic taking uh, kendo stick shots to the chest. This is just as painful. Yeah, well, Dominic's a rookie, so he had to pay his dues. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, I think that pretty much covers it. Do you have any other uh, thoughts on SummerSlam as a whole? SummerSlam was a good show. Um, I think it would have been an even greater show if it had a live crowd. What do you think of the Thunderdome? The Thunderdome. I was on the Thunderdome on, on Sunday. Oh, were you? Yeah. Um, That's awesome. It, it was. It was different. I mean, I don't think I'll do it again. Right, right. Um, you have to be in front of your screen for those four four hours. Um, oh yeah. Can you even? Can you get up like to go to the bathroom or anything? Um, you or do they kick you if you're like gone? If you're gone for too long, then they'll kick you out. But you can. Okay. I, I didn't. I don't. Well, I went before SummerSlam. And uh, I was I was kind of slick. So what I would do is if I had to go get something from the kitchen, I'll hand the phone to my wife. I'll get back oh, yeah. switch. But we did it real quick because they monitor who's on. Gotcha. Um and you know, there's uh they tell you when it's just like it's like going to like a, a basketball game or, or a football game. You know, you have cheer signs and right. you have somebody telling you, here comes this guy. And I mean it was a cool experience. I just hope other fans don't ruin it because it's fans out there who, <laughs> who will legit enjoy this. And yeah, it's already there's kids on inside the Thunderdome. So it's something that, you know, shouldn't be ruined because of some people who want to troll and try to be funny. Yeah, I feel like there's already been so much of that in, like, the, what, three shows that they've had so far. They had, like, one guy put up a Chris Benoit picture. Um, there's a KKK guy. There was a bunch of stupid shit. And I, I hope – I don't know if they have to add, like – like, they'll make you pay for it or what they'll do, but they'll, something's got to change. They'll, they'll ban you. They'll ban you if, like, the Chris Benoit guy got banned and so did the uh, Velveteen guy. Oh, right, yeah. Banned. And um, <clears throat> who else? The guy, the KAK guy got banned. Yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll ban your email, which, like, all right, I get it. Like, you want to be funny, you want to be cute, but then you're going to miss out if you want to do it again. Exactly. So and they're just going to go back to not having it at all. Yeah. So at this point, it's like, you know, you enjoy it and don't, don't ruin it for others. You know? Exactly. Because I feel like it does add uh, a, a great element to it. I mean, just having faces out there just yeah, adds yeah. a lot to the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, and it's good for the wrestlers, man, because they, believe it or not, a lot of the fans in the arena are the reason these guys get the adrenaline rush. You know, mm-hmm. these guys are able to perform at the rate they do because of the fans, you know? The energy in right. the arena is the reason why they can do what they do. When you're in the arena with no fans, you know, it's like it's just like you're working out at the PC, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a work in progress. I was kind of worried on a SmackDown when I saw it because it was still there – there was pretty much no audio from it. So it's it felt even deader than the PC did. Um, but SummerSlam, they added some uh, ambient crowd noise and some cheers every now and then and stuff like that. So I, th- I think they're still, you know, tweaking things. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, to be expected. This is a completely different thing that's never been done f- before, at least at this level. So, um, but yeah, I enjoy it for now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, a lot of the guys that I spoke to are kind of happy that they're, they're back at the, um, they're out of the PC. It's pretty yeah. small. Like, PC is really small. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story before we get off. Yeah. But I, I went to visit the PC a few times because I was in Orlando and, you know, me and the family, we usually 
like go and take cruises. So mm-hmm. we usually fly into Florida for a few, like two, three days before, you know, we'll, you know, we'll hang out. So on the last day, you know, my wife thought it was a really cool idea to go to the PC. So I'm like, I don't think the PC is going to open up for us. Like we're not employees. So right. like, oh, let's just, just go ahead. Give it a, give it a try. You got nothing to lose. All right. So we took the 20 minute trip. No, a 45 minute trip to the PC. PC is in the middle of nowhere. Literally it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, Mm-hmm. And looking from the outside, it's a really small building. It's a really, really small building. So can you imagine having all the production team in there, the set? Oh, man, yeah. It, it, it probably becomes a nightmare. You don't have somewhere to change. Like At least when you're in the arena before the show starts, guys can sit in the stands. They have a lot of places to walk around to. You know, They can get away for a little bit. They got to make a call. And the PC is like nonstop, man. Like, yeah. I know a lot of guys are happy to be inside of an actual arena. Especially yeah, now when the yeah, arena yeah. is like at, at low capacity, like basically the arena is all for yourself. Mm-hmm. So the PC, yeah, PC small, man. Like, Yeah, I'm sure it gets claustrophobic I have at no a certain idea. point. I have no idea how they got that WrestleMania sign in that building. Have you <laughs> that Vince McMahon magic, man. Yeah. Can make I'm anything happen. Like it's just so small. Like I think my public school is bigger than the PC. I don't doubt it. So it was just, it was crazy. So yeah. And just a change of scenery too, man. These guys have been working in the same building for months now. I'm sure it's just a breath of fresh air for everybody. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I mean, they're at the, I think uh, the Orlando magic arena. So it's not that far of a drive. It's still like in the same city. It's still in Orlando. So. Right. It's not like. They're used to have an empty arena there anyways. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so like they're in the bubble. So the arena's not being used for anything. So, exactly. It's a yeah. win-win for both sides. It's definitely a step in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. By the way, I appreciate you uh, coming on. Of course, right, man. man. Like, so definitely, man. If you're up for it, we could definitely do like a all what is it all in all out review. I think it's all out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So cool, man. Well, I really appreciate it, man. I'm honored to be on here. So just you know, keep me in the loop. For sure, man. Appreciate it a lot. I right, man. Take it easy. Once again want to give a big shout out to Barry and Smarks for joining me on this review of SummerSlam and TakeOver. I had a lot of fun talking about these shows and other miscellaneous bullshit, <laughs> but uh, it was a good time. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Like I said, I'll put all his info in the description of this podcast, uh, but mainly his Instagram at Barry and Smarks underscore and his podcast that you can find in a link in his bio on Instagram called Burying the Smarks. Um, and then you can find me at apronbump.com and that'll bring you to my landing page where you can follow me on all sorts of social media and whatever hullabaloo you want to do on there. So <laughs> thank you guys for putting your ears on my mouth. I'm hard. <laughs> <laughs>